This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. What's going on, OKC82 Podcast listeners? Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, weekly show from the press down in the uh, Plaza District. As always, as we mentioned last podcast, we will be recording right here about noon every single Wednesday from the press Big fan of the press down here in my neighborhood. My home is close to here. I hear pretty frequently, which is why this is one of the places that we approached early about this sponsorship. We're pumped to have them on board. The salad I just had was incredible. You ate something that I had not had on the menu before. Yes, um, pork belly and seasonal fruit and vegetables. It was great. Great. It was so filling. So I c- cannot wait to get it again next Wednesday. It was so damn good. You're going to go back to the same – you're going to go back to the well. It's gonna, it's either going to be that or the grilled chicken Caesar. Like, it was great. Okay, yeah, the Caesar salad was good that I had today. And it, is it the plaza or the plaza? Uh, we got into this on the All In <laughs> podcast. Uh, I think it's plaza. Oh, man. No, sorry, it's the a, plaza. Plaza a, is incorrect. It's a vase, vase type. Vase, yeah. vase, potato, potato. Two M's. That was the confusion. Tomato, tomato, all that Pam. stuff. Pam. 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 I think I can help with this Pam <laughs> Pam situation. <laughs> Yay. Yay. It was a late night for me last night. By was the way. it? Oh, yeah. We did the post game show on 107.7 The Franchise following that. Uh, in Oklahoma City, 107.7 The Franchise. Uh, oh, yes. Following that exciting, exciting loss to the Indiana Pacers. I felt Pacers. bad for Connor for his first post game show to be Yeah, there. that was uh, Connor Ayubi, who's been on the podcast a few times, our uh, uh, trusty intern who does a fantastic job. I'm excited about him being with us on the team. Um, yeah, that was his first radio show. I don't think he'd ever been even, like, I don't even think he's ever talked on the radio. And that was his first time. He did a great job. But uh, we, we dove into some disturbing trends, disturbing numbers, but on top of that, with the game that just happened last night, it was it was kind of a, eh, not, I wasn't in a basketball mood, I wasn't in, like, the weather sucked, it was dark, the thunder sucked, and they sucked from the tip. Like, they missed their first five shots, uh, they were down 10 nothing. Um, they eventually did come back and take a 12-10 lead, so good for, them. good for them, that was the last time that they uh, led, because, let's see, just, just off memory, they were one of ten from the three-point line in the first half. They made two of however many else they shot in the second half. Um, they shot less than 44% from the floor overall. Uh, most of their possessions were isolation. Danil Gallinari got eight shot attempts. I can't go anymore because it just gets <laughs> uglier and uglier and uglier, and that was an ugly basketball game last night. It was a really, really ugly basketball game. Uh all season, I've talked about how the offense has been a problem, but I think eventually there's going to be some type of a solution there, and they're going to have long-term uh, flexibility as far as that goes. The defense, though, has been the bright spot. Last night, defense, not the bright spot. No. Not the bright spot at all. Giving up 111, is that right? Yes. 111 to Indiana. Uh, and they, I, don't, and they, I don't know if you know this, but Indiana is not exactly an offensive juggernaut. And they cooled off. like They, they called off the dogs fairly early in the fourth quarter when the game was more than, more than decided. They could have scored a ton more if they wanted to, and um, yeah, like it was basically the same game plan that San Antonio had. They mid-ranged them to death. Like they were, I think, 58% from uh, uh, mid-range, and they shot, I think, 55 mid-range shots. 55 mid-range shots. Yes. Just killing them with the elbow jumpers. Yes, and it was all T.J. Warren. Shout out T.J. Warren, who, who you got know- purchased. <laughs> I hate saying that, but it's true. He got purchased <laughs> from the got- Phoenix. 
I was watching it last night, and I couldn't help but think T.J. Warren looks like Kawhi Leonard. It's not just the cornrows. It's not just the cornrows. He's got the same upright. You have a long uphill battle here to go. He's got the – no, it, not in terms of, like, his no, ability. No, you've already started it. you got to go all the way. It's just the way that he looks. He's got the same upright dribbling, like, motion. He's very stiff, like, from his lower body, lower back up. He's got a powerful, like, jab dribble. And then all he does is just turn around fadeaway jumpers. Yeah. Just looks like – and the cornrows add to it. He looks exactly like Kawhi Leonard. And to his credit, he actually played like him last night because I don't think he missed – Good on him. Good on T.J. Warren. Uh, so, T.J. Warren, the next Kawhi Leonard. I'll be making a note of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Although, it would be nice to see a player that was literally purchased, like you said, he, I mean, to blow up and like basically send a middle finger to Phoenix. You know, Phoenix got rid of T.J. Warren to essentially bring in Dario Saric. Do you think they wish they'd go back to T.J. Warren? Dario's well, been, I mean, Phoenix has been playing well. Did they win last night? Or did they uh, lose to the Lakers? Phoenix is currently 6-4. and four. Yeah, They just lost last night to the Lakers. They were playing really well. They started off really hot, I think 5-1 and one or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they ran into the Miami Heat buzzsaw, and they, uh, they were oh, like, God. that's enough of that shit. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Uh, okay, so currently Oklahoma City 4-7 and seven on the year. If the season finished today, they would have the eighth best odds at the number one overall pick. Pop quiz, who has the best chance to have the number one overall pick today? Oh, um, would that be the Sacramento Kings? No. The Knicks. Sacramento is 4-6, and six, actually a better record than Oklahoma City. Oh. The Knicks are 2-9, and nine, they're second. I don't even know what Memphis is. Um, I don't, Memphis is 3-7. and seven. Detroit? 4-8. Uh, and eight. You're missing a layup. Who the Layup. Heck? The worst team in the league today is. Or- Orlando? Not the Orlando Magic. Have the Thunder played them? Yes. Uh, New Orleans. No. God. You're really messing this up. Uh, Golden State. Yes. Okay. Golden God. State is 2-9 and nine on the year. My brain is not there yet. I, I've seen them twice now in person. I yep. know how bad they are. If the season it's, finished today, they'd have a 55% chance at top four pick, a 15% chance at the number one overall pick. Oh, man. And then everyone Tim, would vomit. They're going to get Tim Duncan, man. They're Tw- going to get Tim 20 Duncan. 20 years of dominance. <laughs> Uh, there's a Thunder fan account, and I wish I could remember who it was, and so I don't want to miscredit call it the wrong Russell person. Westbrook. No, 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 like Point a, God, uh, a podcast that we are friends with. Oh, and I'm trying to remember exact. I can't. I wish I could. Topic Thunder. No, I'm not positive, so I don't want to. I don't want to credit the wrong people. Okay. Uh, but they had a stat that's you know the broken bone that Steph Curry has in his hand generally is healed in four to six weeks. Mm. And, you know, Golden State said a handful of weeks ago he's going to be out for the remainder of the season. Now they backtracked on that. Steph said he's going to play by the end of the year, hopefully in the late spring, which is March, April. <laughs> like, <laughs> so a four- to six-week injury is going to take four months? Okay, cool. Tweet your own. I mean, from Golden State's perspective, I think it's like you, you don't even have to take the tanking narrative if you're going to sit Steph Curry out. What you can sell your fans is – you know, for the last five seasons, this team and Steph Curry, Draymond Green. These are all new people. Okay. These people don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, because none of the fans in Oakland, I guess, want to root for them anymore. Right. But um, whoever's remaining, you just tell them for the last five years, this team has played zillions of games from the beginning of the year all the way into late June. They probably need a break. And this is a good opportunity for them to have a break because, sure. like, the expectations are different. We're trying. Like, Steve Kerr explained – that um, he, he described the Thunder as already into their next phase, like 
moving into it, and the, the Warriors are trying to figure out what their next move is. So while they're figuring out their next move, they might as well rest their stars, especially when they're hurt. Like, to me, it's not even, oh, they're just going to tank. Like, screw it. Like, this is funny. It's like, no, they, they actually have legitimate reasons to do so. Sure. Uh, best record in the league right now? Uh, All alone. Not even tied with anybody. The Lakers? Lakers are 8-2. They're second. At least I'm getting good guesses. It's yeah. not the Heat. Not the Heat. Not even close. 7-3 and three are the Heat. Is that a 9 This team is 8-1. and 8-1. and one. The only team in the league with one loss. Milwaukee? Incorrect. One more guess. They're 7-3 and three as well. Philly. Incorrect. Uh, They're man. also 7-3. and three. The Boston Celtics, 8-1. Oh, one. God, yeah, I knew that. I, I saw that yesterday. Yeah. That, are you surprised by the fact that – I mean, we all thought Boston was going to be good. No, Kyrie's gone. 8-1, though. That's a quick start. It's a quick start for the Celts. Yeah. Um, I mean – They've won by the skin of their teeth in a few of these games. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. Moving their forward. clutch numbers are awesome. Yeah, which I don't uh, generally will bar out being somewhere towards the middle by the end of the year. Yeah, so like the thing with me is like a, a few of those wins, like one of them was against New York. That's not a it's a highly contested game. Uh, you don't believe in the New York Knicks? Well, like well, I mean, here, Steve Mills says that they are a champion. They're a playoff team and they're underperforming. Here's my thing: um, power forwards and all. Here's my thing with the Celtics. Does Gordon Hayward's injury, like, at all worry – like, does that worry you at all? Because they're fairly accustomed to playing without him and fairly used to playing with him when he's just basically doing nothing even when he's on the floor. Sure. Now, he's been playing really well this season, and I think that's right in line with the recovery process of, yeah, he was able to come back last year, but it's going to be a much longer process before he's even back to the old player that he looked like. So, I mean, it sucks that they're losing him now because he was playing so well, but – I don't know if that's really going to affect their win-loss totals. Like yeah. I think I think they're a talented team, obviously, and I think that they're fine. Kimba, um, Kimba, I think not as good as Kyrie Irving, but in terms of a team basketball player, even though he's an ISO-heavy guy, I like him better yeah. just from a personality standpoint, and I think that that means something. Yeah, I, I do it, think that means something. My, all summer, my thing was, yeah, yeah, I'm on board with everyone with the Kimba to Kyrie takes. I'm, I'm totally there. But they lost Al Horford, and that's like really where my issue yeah. was with Boston was. So far, hasn't been an issue. I think that'll rear its ugly head in due time, maybe in the playoffs. But, I mean, for right now, it doesn't seem to be a problem. All right, uh, the other team that we should uh, garner some attention because analytically it's hard to get a real reading on this one. And obviously this is a little close to home. The Houston Rockets are 7-3 and three on the season. Their defense is hilariously bad. Their offense is either hilariously bad or the greatest thing we've ever seen in basketball. No yep. in between. Um, and they're they're seven three on the year. They've won four straight. Russell Westbrook suddenly triple doubles mean a whole lot, which is good for him. I don't know what your read is on uh, on the Houston Rockets. Eric Gordon also announced Eric Gordon yesterday that, out for a month. Yes, that's going to be like compared to the Gordon Hayward injury. This is going to affect this squad, I think, much worse um, because they obviously, like you said, their defense sucks. It's awful. And so they basically have the idea, let's just outscore everybody. And they've got enough talent to do that against 95% of the league. But look at their schedule. Look at their schedule the next two weeks. And tell me what you think. Houston's schedule? Yeah. Because it, oh, <laughs> it ain't. Like, the Thunder's November schedule is pretty damn tough. This one is, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And you can even keep going. Oh, my God. Okay, full schedule. Sorry, I'm unprepared. Until about the f- second week of December. 
Oh, okay. my God. They go Clippers, Pacers, Wolves, Portland, Denver, Clippers, Mavericks, Miami, Atlanta, San Antonio, Toronto, Phoenix, Sacramento, Cleveland. Once they hit Cleveland, it lightens up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And that's without Eric Gordon. And that's also hitting some teams that are hot right now who I assume will not be hot later, as in Minnesota, as in Atlanta, as in Phoenix. I think and those Tra- teams will Trae take got, He dropped a 40-piece in Denver, got the win last night. Yeah, he did. Hell he yeah. did. Uh, and I think he'll also shoot them out of some games. I <laughs> think that also comes with it. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's a tough stretch. Now, we'll, I mean, we're going to find out what Houston can do. I said they're going to win 60 games and might maybe lose in the first round this year. So. Yeah, it hasn't exactly gone the way that I thought because I thought that the Rockets were destined to be like a team that won 55, 60 games and the true test was going to be in the postseason when you have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And in the offseason, I thought, okay, that's when it's going to like unravel. They haven't really jumped out to the start that I assumed that they would get. And you're minus Eric Gordon now for the next month. Maybe they can still overcome that. Maybe they can still get like on a hot streak. Because if James Harden is scoring 30 points and he's just in, in a rhythm for a week or two, they're going to win the majority of those games no matter who they're playing because he's just that good. You've got the Russell Westbrook factor. Um, they still have guys like P.J. Tucker that he was probably the reason why the Thunder lost in Houston a few weeks ago was mainly because of P.J. Tucker. Uh, Clint Capella is certainly talented. Um, Daniel House can hit the occasional three and not make you lose your mind if you're a Rockets fan. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, it just it hasn't looked like I wanted it to look. But, again, it's still November. Yeah, it is indeed still November. Uh, Houston's an interesting team because, obviously, uh, the Thunder have a whole lot of their picks, and Houston historically has not been in the lottery. They're not one of those teams. Uh, they've done everything they can to be as competitive as humanly possible. Um, so those picks aren't expected to bottom out, and I don't have a reason to think so. Yeah. So the reason Houston is interesting for Oklahoma City is Houston's likely going to be testing out the trade market as they are every year. If, if you notice, every single time there's a marquee free agent or a marquee star player on the market, who do we hear is interested? It's always Houston. Houston's yeah. always interested. They're going to trade seven first-round picks for Jimmy it's Butler. It's always Houston or Boston. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm just going to keep my does, eye out. Does um, Danilo Gallinari make sense with the Rockets? Yeah. I mean, Danilo Gallinari makes sense with everybody. Well, okay. Does he make sense in terms of, like, does it work for both sides in a No, because Houston trade? has no more assets yeah. that Oklahoma City uh, really probably has any interest in, I, believe, I would assume. Uh, I believe Thunderbeard on Twitter asked us if we could Beard? Do, yeah, Thunderbeard. Okay. I don't know if that's ex- his exact handle. That's just what his Twitter name is. Okay. Um, he d- he he listens to our pod quite frankly, so thank shout out Thunderbeard. Shout out Thunderbeard. Thank Thunderbeard. You. Um, but he asked us to go over some Danilo Gallinari trade scenarios. So at some point, you know, I, I guess while we're going through the league, we can just kind of bounce around like, does this make sense? Does that make sense? Okay. Well, yeah. how about this? This is an idea I came up with seven seconds ago. I love it. Okay, so if it's idiotic, which it is, then yeah. bear with me. Uh, okay, there. I have not listened to this podcast fully, and I talked about this a little bit when you and I sat down. Bill Simmons, who I know, hey, yeah, everyone just groaned and moaned and <laughs> rolled their eyes. Uh, Bill the Simmons, zombie Sonics. Bill Simmons uh, started a podcast this, this afternoon, and they were about to start the conversation of Philly struggles and their need for a guard, which I totally agree with. I know Philly has a good record right now, but there are issues that people are like a little bit worried about are way more glaring than I was anticipating. Like yeah. They have some serious need. Um, so, Philly, uh, as far as trying to solve that issue, the combination of the fact that they have a whole lot of guys who probably should be playing forward, Ben Simmons <laughs> likely being one of them, uh, makes it a little bit tough. So here's an idea I just came up with. 
Chris Paul headed to Philadelphia. That's where Bill started. And like I said, for all I know, I'm copycatting their idea. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. Chris Paul going to Philadelphia. Tobias Harris headed to the Houston Rockets. Okay. Okay. Houston gets their swingman, guy who can shoot. Mm-hmm. Him and he fits the culture. Yeah. Him standing next to PJ Tucker on a front line is tiny. Makes no sense. So it's perfect for Houston. <laughs> yeah. Make, I mean, D'Antoni will he, he'll just jizz himself with absolutely. that type of <laughs> absolutely. So then Oklahoma City in return would get some form, and the contracts can be a little bit all over. Can be a little bit hard to predict of exactly uh, what we come in. But I think the two contracts would 100% be happening is Eric Gordon and Nene. Both of those are expiring. They add up to $25 million right off the bat. So that's going to get you almost there. Yeah. You know, as far because, you know, 25%, you'd be within 25% of all the salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people know how trades work. But so Eric Gordon, Nene, get you almost there. That's two expiring contracts. You're replacing Eric Gordon with Tobias Harris. So that's a wash. Yeah. And Nene's not playing anymore. He's just on a huge deal so they can trade him. Uh, Tobias Harris, uh, $32 million. They're, I mean, they're swapping out those two guys for Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul goes to Philadelphia. You get some form of the 2022nd first-round pick from Philly, potentially, maybe a couple second-rounders from Houston. And if you're Oklahoma City, you maybe pick up a guy like Zaire Smith, who is a first-round pick, who looked really, really like he had a whole bunch of potential in Philly and has just not panned out yeah. at all. I've always thought that if the Thunder were, would be able to strike a deal with the Sixers to get a, a first round pick two or three years from now I think that that pick ages really well because I don't I don't see the Sixers being good for the next five the picks, six years yeah Sixers made a really and I like they, they went all in I'll be so if they don't do anything in the next season or two it could blow up easily and they could suck and then their best player Joel Embiid is always a health or a conditioning risk yeah so I, I totally agree with you I think they had something really really special and they mismanaged it because they went from being one of the younger teams in the league to one of the older they had a core yeah they had a and nice core with some nice chemistry I don't, I didn't disagree with the philosophy of trying to make trades. Mm-hmm. I just disagree with okay. Now we're going to go get out Horford. You know, now we're it's, they they just went from being really really young to a team that looked like they could be a championship contender for ten years, and now suddenly they feel like they're like in a three year window. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so, regardless, they put a timer on themselves and Tobias Harris for five years because there's no team option, no player options on his contract. It's going to get all the way up to forty million dollars. Chris Paul, three years, so they're getting two years sooner off the deal. Obviously, he makes a ton of money. And, I mean, the Thunder are going to get a first-round pick and a young prospect and hope one of them pans out and a whole bunch of expiring money. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, My thing would just be, would Houston want to do that? Like, do they want to get rid of Eric Gordon for Tobias Harris? Do they see that as an upgrade? Yeah. I mean, that would be the question. Yeah. Now, they're playing Eric Gordon a whole lot of small forward. And I think you and I can both agree He's not a small That's forward. cute. That's just not. That's just. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that working. Yeah, I guess the lineups lot. work better with Russell right. and James because then your three best yeah. players are all guards. Yeah, but do they have? That, does James have the idea? James Harden have the idea of like I like playing with Eric Gordon. Does D'Antoni have the idea of I can trust Eric Gordon? Sure. You throw in somebody no, no, no. new. Like, all that. All that is totally valid. But I mean, it would go in line with them going for Russell Westbrook. It's like screw it, just go all in right. and try to get the sexiest name possible. And Tobias Harris, I guess, is at least a sexier name than Eric Gordon. Yeah. So. Well, then you would have. <laughs> this is crazy to think about. You'd have Tobias Harris, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, all under contract, all making $40 million or more for oh. the next four years. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, and then Click Pell would probably then end up in Boston. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's good. That's a good point. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's just an idea I had, a cockamamie idea, if you will. 
Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It'll get the podcast sold today. Yeah. People are like, oh, what? What? And they'll talk about it on Twitter. Yeah. And they'll report it as Chisholm Holland. Hey, I'm going to say, <laughs> you can say, but make sure you report it as Chisholm Holland's cockamamie idea. As yeah. long as you write the word cockamamie in the tweet, I'm You don't have it. sauces? No, no sources. Sauces. No sources. No sources. No sauces. No sauces, no sources. Man. Chris Paul to Philly, Tobias Harris to Rockets. I actually kind of like that. Because you can West even do Eric Gordon and Nay, Ryan Anderson, all expiring contracts. Basically, just the Thunder should just get a bunch of players that would have kicked ass to have three or four years ago, just to piss the fans off. Like, oh, Danilo Gallinari would have helped so much in right. the team the last few years. Oh, oh, we got a shooter. We got a shooter that could shoot in Ryan Anderson. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, so do you want to do Danilo Gallinari? Sure. Do you I'm, have an Do you have an destination that makes sense to you? I mean, everybody points to Portland. Um, I, I don't know. That, that's that's something that gets talked about so much that that's not what's going to happen because it's so widely agreed upon. Um, <laughs> it's so obvious that it'll never ever happen. Does he make sense on Milwaukee? I keep trying to force like a Thunder trade to Milwaukee. You want a white, another white guy shooting threes from Milwaukee? How many can we put on? I one want team? like if I'm if I'm the Thunder, I want there. I want a young prospect with some shooting. And Milwaukee has a, quite a few of those. Yeah. Do you know who t- what team I would love to send him to, but it just can't happen? Toronto. Sadly? No. Denver, because that's his favorite city in America, and you just want to be nice to him? No. See, I have this theory that teams don't trade with the same team twice in, within two years. Yeah. So they've already sent Jeremy Grant to Denver. I don't think there's going to be another trade between Oklahoma City and Denver for at least two years. I know that there's, that's based off nothing. No, like literally I've, nothing. I've always wondered that too, especially with like somebody like Sam Presti, who has the reputation, at least from a fan's perspective, media perspective, of man, he fleeces a lot of teams. Right. So when you fleece a team, I don't think they want to really do business with you again. Right. Okay, <laughs> here's my team. Send him to the Mavericks. They're the number one offense in the NBA. Just go all in with the white scores. Here, here's, <laughs> in the long term, surely Dallas fans right now aren't out there going, you know what we're going to do this year? Win the title. Like, no one's saying that. So, I'm going to ask. It would make them a playoff team for sure. Yeah, I'm going to ask you what I assume is a layup question. Long term. Long, long term. What is their offense? What is the one thing that they should be able to do on every single play? Luka. And? Porzingis. Doing what? Shooting. Doing a pick and roll, or right? A pick and a roll, pick and, yeah. roll, pick and pop. Yeah. Luca and Porzingis in an action together, running offense. Should be, that is not what they're doing right now. They're running a whole lot of Luca Maxi Kleber pick and rolls because Zingers. I mean, that's gonna. It's because just like Zinger, Gordon Hayward. It's yeah, just like Porzingis it's gonna take can, a minute. Porzingis can stretch the floor. Kleber can't, and so they're running a whole lot of these. And to their credit, Porzingis is coming back, and he hasn't exactly looked like himself. But Dwight Powell, who shoots threes, but. Let's go ahead and admit that we're a little skeptical of how He's good that is. He's a lob guy. Yeah. So if you bring in a guy like Danilo who can play the four, now you could put Porzingis in that rolling position where that is suddenly the action. Does that make them worse? I don't know. But that long term makes way more sense for what they're trying to do. Yeah. And, he, and it just kind of all slots in and they just move forward. Because right now Porzingis is starting at the four because they're starting him next to Dwight Powell. Now, Dwight Powell is listed as the power forward in the starting lineups. So we all know that guy's the center. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I like that idea. I like the fact of getting Porzingis and Luka running offense together and being able to space the floor otherwise because Dallas just can't right now. Yeah. That would give them that option. See, I also kind of have a weird conspiracy theory now, The reason about that trades. would work, obviously, is because Dallas has no first-round picks and no young players besides Luka. 
So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what are they going to sure, do? Sure, Luka Doncic. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. Yeah, yeah. I also have a weird serious theory about trades, just like you do about, um, oh, teams don't do it every, you know, once every two years. Right. I don't think, have the Thunder and the, and the Mavericks ever done business? <laughs> I know. I don't think that they will. I don't. I don't think so. But maybe it's because the way the Mavericks were constructed for the last 10 to 12 years, you know, just they were just a mercenary group of, like, aged vets trying to max out as many wins for Dirk Nowitzki as possible, um, especially in the latter part of his career. Um, it wasn't until most recently that they got Luka Doncic and had kind of a young little nice core going, but now they're still kind of – like, they've got guys that they have – in theory, developed, but nothing's really come of it. And when, when you're talking about Dwight Powell as your your big poster boy for development, I mean, that kind of paints a picture. But, yeah, I mean, Gallinari does make sense with the Mavericks, but nothing comes of it for the Thunder. So, um, kind of the same thing with Houston. Gallinari makes sense there, but, I mean, the Thunder should not want anything from them. No. So, you're looking at a team that maybe is overperforming. What about San Antonio? Right now? Yeah, but what does San Antonio have? Not a whole lot. Not no, a whole lot. In Derek San White. Would they want to be giving up Derek White? If that dude made the Olympic team. Yeah, but Greg you and Popovich I could have made loves the Derek White. You and I could have made the Olympic team if we had played. <laughs> he sent De'Aaron Fox home for Derek White. So, oh, I'm salty. I'm oh, salty. By the, by the way, I'm sorry about De'Aaron Fox. It's okay. Uh, teams that are overperforming is always a good place to look. Uh, so let's go ahead and address the obvious team that's overperforming. It might make a dumb trade. Well, Phoenix. Mm, I don't want anything from them. Look, I, I don't. They own all their picks. Phoenix owns all of their first-round picks. Yeah, but if you give them Gallinari, it makes them better. Well, I think you, I don't know if you disagree with this. I don't think the Thunder are ever making a trade for a 2019 first-round pick. I think oh. every pick they're going to get is down the road. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I assume, and I, I'm basing this off of nothing, and I have no sauces or sources. I would assume every time that someone picks up the phone in Oklahoma City and they go, okay, what is your asking price? I think Sam Presti's answer every time is a 22 second, 2022 second round, or first round pick. A 2022 first round pick. I think that's his answer every time because that's supposed to be the double draft. Uh, where, yeah. Well, there's going to be essentially two lotteries God. worth of talent. And so I think that's the answer every time. Mm-hmm. A 2022 second round pick. Man. So Danilo Gallinari for Tyler Johnson and let's say. Tyler Johnson. Maybe just Tyler Johnson. Yikes. 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 No. Um, I mean, but Phoenix does that just in, an, in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a nanosecond. So now, how, like, can you get a pick from Phoenix? Because I think we all think that Phoenix, while playing well right now, that's not, not destined gonna, for that three, four years down the road. Yeah, that's not going to age well. Can you get a team that's overperforming right now to maybe make a trade because they think they're close? That's my question. It's still too damn early. I think that's why, with a team like Phoenix specifically, you need to make that trade. Now. Today. Yeah. <laughs> like, today, let's just... Let's push this through <laughs> right now. Yeah. Like, when everybody can be traded around December, like, I wonder what Phoenix is like then. Are they... Probably closer to 500. Maybe God, below. Yep. And that's... Damn. This this is tough. This can't... Like, we talked about this a little bit before we went on air, but I'm starting to agree with you about Chris Paul just ending up at least finishing this season with the Thunder. Yeah. 
Gallinari. Gallinari, $22 million is a lot easier to find a trade partner. Yeah. The Chris Paul thing is because he makes 38 a year. Yeah. Not because he's overpaid, which he is. I don't want to have that conversation. It's just this, the mechanics of forming a trade are really, really tough with high-salary guys. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes into, um, you know, the Thunder's next two to three weeks on their schedule. It's pretty damn hard. Now, what is the what is the mentality of this team? What is the mentality of the front office if the worst happens and the Thunder literally win one or two games in the next eight or nine games that they have because they've got three games against the L.A. teams. Two of them are on the road. They've got road games against Portland, uh, Golden State. They've got home games against Philly, New Orleans. Like, There's only really two maybe for sure wins, and that's New Orleans and on the road against Golden State. But even that, that that's still a road game. Sure. What is the mentality of this team when they're not hovering around 500 and they're kind of the spunky little like try-hard team that everybody enjoys? And then they now that they've lost like six games in a row, you know, like a few weeks from now, let's say they lost four or five games in a row. What's the mentality of this team? Does the front office still have the idea of, you know, if we don't find something that we 100% like, I don't mind holding on Chris Paul and Gallinari just because we're not going to win a lot of games anyway, but we'll win our fair share and still be competitive and be fun to watch for our fan base. Like if, if it snowballs quickly – does that just kind of force Sam Presti's hand? And that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Because that coincides with you get into December, and that's when Chris Paul and – December 15th uh, is yeah, the big th- day. that's when everybody can start getting traded. So by then, like, what is the Thunder's record, and how does that affect their mentality moving forward? All right, one more gallon I trade. Let's do it. Team overperforming. The Minnesota Timberwolves. That's Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> well – no, I mean it's all Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> he's a a credible player, sir. Don't you besmudge Andrew Wiggins, who the past four games is averaging like thirty five a game. I know. Um, he's shooting the three ball well too. Danilo Gallinari and Dennis Schroeder for Jeff Teague and Gorgie Dang. Now that is essentially a one and a two year contract for a one and a two year contract. So that yep. doesn't add any years to anybody. Mm-hmm. Either way, um, a, a, almost a straight money swap. Jeff Teague's a better shooter than Dennis Schroeder. Yes. Could you get a first-round pick? Two first-round picks for both those guys? What is Minnesota's mentality? Like, are they of the uh, go-all-in now with what they have? They've got Carl going into his prime. They've got, well, I mean, they've got Andrew Wiggins playing outside of his Andrew Wiggins mind. and Carl and the Towns are on max contracts today. Yeah. Like, if, you're, if it's not win-now mode... Yeah, that's when is that? Yeah, like, <laughs> that like feels you, like today. I would say that they are, but they have had no results in the last few years to even dictate that they are in that position in the first place. Right. I'd have to say that they are in win, win now mode, and they would take a trade like that because you know, from a thunder thunder perspective, like Jeff Teague, not as good as Dennis Schroeder, but not terribly far away, far and away from from him. And the upgrade from Gorgie Dang to Dil Nelagarnari, literally. Mountains. 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 And it's Cancer's favorite thing about Utah. The mountains. Oh, I was going to say Danilo Gallinari? I mean, I think that makes sense, too. And now, could you get two first-round picks, a 2022 and a 2024? I don't know. That seems a little tough, but a 2022... And a couple seconds, sure. Like I think, I think that I, one sounds plausible. Unless Minnesota believes that by that time they're bad, Carl's going to be gone. Uh, He'll still be under contract, and so will Andrew Wiggins. They're, they are locked that in. That doesn't man. stop anybody. They are locked in. Have you ever heard of Paul George? Dead. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Just wait. Bradley Beal is not going to finish his contract as a wizard. Okay, so let's go the opposite way. Teams that we thought were going to be good that are panicking because they're not. 
Sacramento! Sacramento Kings, let's go down that rabbit hole and see what that looks like for Oklahoma City. Uh, Chris Paul makes no sense because they have the best point guard in the league in De'Aaron Fox. In uh, league history. In league history. So Danilo Gallinari, four. Oh, my gosh, I forgot how tough Sacramento is with their books. To find They're not a very well-run organization. No, they are not. Ooh. Did you hear uh, Kevin O'Connor on the uh, weekly show on The Ringer last week talk about them? He was, like, just shitting on the Kings. It's like was they, he? They were a complete fraud last year. They, they were a try-hard team that got hot. Like I, What I don't understand is why people can't say, like, and they were really, really well coached. Like, what's I, wrong with saying Dave Yeager is a really, really good coach? Dave Yeager is a grinder. Right. Like what? He can get the most out of his talent for the most part. Sure. Now, maybe he pissed off Buddy. Maybe him and De'Aaron Fox didn't mesh well, and that's why they felt the need to make the change. But that is giving that organization way too much credit because when has Luke Walton ever really proven to be anything other than, like, well, he's a young and up-and-coming coach. Like, at some point, you've got to be above the up-and-coming factor. Sure. And he's just... He's done nothing. He's just really done nothing. He's not done anything well with this team. They're playing slower. Like, have you noticed their pace? Oh, yeah. Like, this, it doesn't look like the team I, I watched last year. And, like, yeah, you don't necessarily want to be in a track meet every single game because that's not sustainable. But they just look so boring. And they've got all this talent that s- s- says that they should be exciting at least. Okay. Dylan Gallinari to the Kings with... Terrence Ferguson. You know, I keep talking about how I think he's a sleepy trade candidate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gallinari, Terrence Ferguson to the Kings. The Thunder get Trevor Ariza, one year, $12 million. Mm-hmm. Corey Joseph, three years, $12 million, that third year being a team option. And then the assets, quote-unquote, that you'd be receiving is Harry Giles in a first-round pick. Essentially yeah. saying Harry Giles, Terrence Ferguson, even swap. Danilo Gallinari, yeah. first-round pick, even swap. I like that. Does that make sense for the Kings? I think Danilo is better than Trevor Ariza. And I think <laughs> Terrence makes more sense next to their guards than Corey Joseph because they have too many guards already. Yeah. Well, I mean, that should make sense. But this is the Kings. What makes sense to you and I yeah. can be completely illogical to them. But maybe that works in the Thunder's favor. And that's just another center for the Thunder that's, to put that, at the bottom of their roster who's hurt and I think play. that's a dynamite trade for the Thunder. I yeah. think that's dynamite. That's what you should be wishing for if you're a Thunder fan. Yeah, I mean, I think you're not you're gonna it's get realistic. A, you're gonna get a yeah. young prospect who is damaged goods. And Harry Giles is damaged goods. <laughs> like there's no doubt. Um, you get him into the Thunders organization, you hope that your culture can fix that. Which is also yeah. what to do with Justin Patton. They're going to have a whole lot of sinners who they're trying to fix all at the same time. <laughs> all of the sinners. And then a first-round pick. I think, I mean, a damaged good young prospect, a guy who's really, really floundered. Another one, an easy one to point to is Malik Monk. Yeah. Like a guy who's just stunk. And uh, I hope that you can flip him in a first-round pick and then turn that guy's career around and flip him again. I mean, that's that's kind of the ideal situation is to flip one asset into two assets make that grow value, flip that asset yeah. for two more. You know what I mean? It's just kind of this reoccurring thing. I mean, this is much more realistic and much more exciting than uh, that silly trade I see on Twitter all the time of, like, Steven Adams somebody, and Daniel Gallinari to the Celtics for Gordon Hayward and um, who else? It's like Gordon Hayward, somebody else, and, like, a first-round pick. I'm like, what the? Do you know who's 500 right now? Charlotte. I never would have guessed that. Ever. Good. Good. Million years. 
million uh, years Terry, old. Terry Rozier, I guess, a big part of that. Or <laughs> I haven't watched one Hornets game. I'll yeah, admit you should. You should not watch one, <laughs> one Hornets game. So let's say the Hornets think that they're actually a whole lot better than they are, which yeah. would just be a yeah, comical. An- another sadly organization that is uh, not run very well. Yeah, can make some piss poor decisions. Yeah. So let's say the Hornets are willing to take a gamble on this year and try to prove it. You know, there's sometimes teams, whenever everyone thinks that they're going to be bad, they want to have a prove-it year. Even if they make the AC, they're like, screw you. You said we were going to suck, and we made the playoffs. It's like, yeah, you went to the AC, you got swept in the first round. That doesn't really count. They go, no, 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 it totally counts. You know, that <laughs> happens. Danilo, this one feels a little up there. Danilo Gallinari for Bismack Biombo, expiring deal. Malik Monk, who is stunk. S-T-U-N-C-K. Stunk. And a first-round pick in 2020. So this year's first-round pick. And I say that specifically because that minimizes the risk for Charlotte. Would the Thunder wave Bismack Biombo in this scenario? Yeah, probably. They would have four centers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Bismack Biombo is just a contract. Yeah. I mean, unless you wanted to hold on to him and maybe get convince Nerlens that he could start for Charlotte. Right. Um, but you, I mean, because no, they have Cody Zeller making fifteen million dollars. Okay, fuck that. Never. Um, I mean, if you're Charlotte, you're saying, okay, we're trading two guys who aren't in our rotation for a guy who makes an immediate impact today. Yeah. And him next to Nicholas Batum kind of makes awkward sense. Oh, that's another Thunder player or player the Thunder should trade for that would have worked out five six years ago. Right, Nicholas Nick Batum. Batum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude is so robbing Charlotte, the league. You say, okay, we're five hundred right now. I mean, we're in the East. Make a ch- I mean, we we can make a push and make it in the and make yeah. it in the playoffs, and all we're paying, quote unquote, is a first round pick this year. Yeah, I mean, the East is like more than wide open right now. Um, Danilo Gallinari make the might make the All Star team if he was in the East. No question. Hell yeah, he would. So sh- you you would assume in this scenario he would get more than eight to eleven shot attempts in that offense, right? I mean, is what is Terry Rozier? Is he is he not good? Ball dominant or team mover? Ball mover. Well, how would you describe him? Terry Rozier? Yeah, because in like the, the worst version of Kimball Walker. Yeah. Yeah. This league is just so weirdly situated right now. It is in such – you've got weird teams. You've got weird players here and there, and it makes, like, these hypothetical trade scenarios so hard. Yeah, because I assume that Charlotte still probably has, like, a, the sunken value fallacy. Don't know if you're familiar with the term. I've heard I've read this. books before. Yeah. Uh, it's where if you invest into something – You'll keep investing in it over and over and over because you don't want it to be a bust. Yep. So people do that with draft picks all the time. The NFL is the worst about it. Uh, but the NBA also I does I think the Thunder have been guilty of that sure, a few times. Sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, you can see NFL teams where it's like, that guy's been on the roster for seven years and he hasn't played a snap. Like, that's that's an issue. Um, but anyway, so I, I don't know if Charlotte would be that way with Malik Monk because, like, hey, we drafted him in the lottery two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't just give him up right now. But that general premise... I mean, that's kind of what I envision for Danilo. To answer Thunderbeard's question from 25 minutes ago, <laughs> is it's going to be a team that's either overperforming right now, and that team wants to capitalize on it, or a team that's underperforming right now and needs to right the ship. And Portland falls into that category, but that just feels so obvious it has no chance of happening. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, we, we talk about these trade scenarios, and, like, like I already said with Chris Paul, I'm starting to lean towards he finishes his season here in Oklahoma City. 
And why not Danilo Gallinari at the same time? But again, so much can change when the Thunder lose seven games in a row. Right. It's just so hard to like, – I don't know what this team is. Like I, I said it on the um, post-game show last night, and that, which is now podcasted on OKC82. Um, so if I'm repeating myself, listeners, I apologize. But for those that didn't get a chance to listen to that, um, the, going into the game yesterday, the Thunder were the only team um, below 500 with a positive net rating. They were just above Houston and Portland. Um, but then you look at the teams that they've beaten. They were uh, they had not beaten a team above 500, and they had not won a team or they had not won a game on the road. So what does that tell me? Is it's not going to age well when their schedule gets tougher, right? Like they, yeah, they're a try-hard team and they're kind of fun to watch. And the impro- the subtle impo- improvements are awesome. Improvements, to see. improvements. Um, those are all fun to see. How is it going to be when they are 10 games under 500? What's the attitude of this team, the mentality? What's the attitude and the mentality of the front office? Because they no longer have this idea of, well, we probably won't make the playoffs, which means that we will have a better than normal draft pick than we've been accustomed to. Uh, but we won't completely bottom out and piss off our fans. You know, the fans will still come because the arena has been more than full, or I guess more than half full. <laughs> 90% filled. Sure. So... I don't know. This team is hard. This team is hard. Okay. That's where we're going to leave it for today. And by tomorrow, I'm sure there'll be five trades. This whole roster will be different. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll have to come back to the press and convince them. Like, emergency pod. Like, we need dinner. Last <laughs> guess. Last guess from you. Is the first trade for Oklahoma City this season before or after December 15th? After. That's what I would have said going into the year. I think I'm talking myself into before. What makes you say that? I think Sam Presti is going to try to capitalize on some team overperforming. And talk to them into the go. No, no, no! Look, you're winning right now. Yeah, this right. is your moment. You need to continue this momentum. He invites. And I'm them not over. saying it's a big trade. I'm not saying it's Danilo Gallinari. It's definitely not Chris Paul, but like a like a Nerlens Noel kind of a thing. Now, like, if Presti like goes to another GM's house, like he did Mike Muscala, and just <laughs> seduces him, then maybe this works. Maybe it's like just boom, 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 knock, knock. Who who the hell is that? Oh my God! It's Sam Presti. Yep. He's got a bottle of wine and some drumsticks. He's like, let's do this. Let's do this. He d- but he doesn't bring the drum kit, just a little pad yeah. that you get like in middle school that let's you drum on top of. <laughs> yeah. Let's do some slam poetry. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Sam Presti would be great at slam poetry, and you know it. Oh, of course. He's he's hip, Yeah, as the uh, kids would say. All right, man. We are at the uh, press down in the Plaza District, our home for our weekly show. Big fan. Like I said, this is my neighborhood. I live close to here, so I hear all the time. Uh, if you're ever out and about and you think, man, where should I grab a drink hoping to run into Chisholm Holland? The press is a great guess. Um, so come enjoy the press down here on uh, 16th Street in the Plaza. Uh, Brady, the food is great. Always a good time. Oh, yeah, the food is awesome. I mean, everything on the menu. I've had, a, like, other than the salads, I've had a few other things over, like, the last year since I've been coming here. Everything is always good. Their brunch menu is so bad. So good. It's so – if you are the a – mashed potato bowl, the buffalo – the I'm sorry, the buffalo mac and cheese. Oh, yes. I, oh, if, oh. Let's just, let's just say if you're around the Plaza District um, the day after you uh, had a little too much to drink, this is a great place to oh come to make yourself feel absolutely. better. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Just come here, and uh, they'll take care of you. And um, also, one of my favorite spots to get a Bloody Mary. Two things that I'll tell you that make the Plaza dif- – uh, sorry, makes the press so perfect. These are two very, very small things that no one notices except for a psychopath like me. One, the bar stools have backs. Yeah. There's two bars here. Both of them have bar stools with backs. I know that sounds silly until you sit down at a bar stool and you're there for a couple hours having drinks with friends and you don't have a back to your chair. All of them have backs. That's a big deal for me. It's bad for uh, your spine support. Yep. Big deal for me. Very pro. 
Number two, this is the perfect setup to come like in an afternoon if you got to work, drink some coffee, whatever, because at those same bars, they have hooks underneath the bar so you can put your backpack or your so purse clutch. or your jacket. So clutch. And they have plugs ran all the way down so you can plug in your laptop and work. That's just a 20, it is, That's it, just a 2019 business right there. Absolutely. So they're meeting every single point that yeah. they need to. Yeah, people just want to go up to the bar, have some drinks, get on Bumble or whatever, and just swipe left or right. Like, we Do you understand. know there's like 17 different dating apps now? Uh, man, like when I was in college, man, there was just Tinder, and then Bumble became Bumble, like a thing. Yeah, Bumble's like right there at the tail end of my college career. Mm-hmm. But it was just those two. But now there's like Bumble was always tons and tons and tons. Bumble was always more enjoyable. Bumble was? Yeah, because uh, let's how can I put this nicely? Um... Let's just say there was not a lot of fake profiles on Bumble as there were on Tinder. Oh, pushing the uh, pushing the products, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Yeah. There we go. Okay, all right. Till next time, Brady. Chisholm. I love you. <laughs> Listen to Chisholm Holland weekdays from six to eight p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Chisholm Holland. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.